Thanks for checking out the Bridge Podcast. It's not a mistake you found us. We pray God speaks to you today. Check us out Sundays at 10.30 a.m. For more information, go to sfbridge.org. Hey, uh, God is awesome, and uh, if I sound like I have a cold, I do. So I came in here this morning and uh, uh, masking up, and I hate masks. I, if you know me at all, don't even, I hate wearing them, but I just don't want to get you sick. So I'm going to stay back here a little bit. If you're on the front row and you get sick a week from now, I'm super sorry, all right? But I uh, wanted to make sure we, we walked through, and so uh, if that's why I sound a little deep, um, my wife loves when I have this, like, deep, sexy voice anyway, so yeah, baby. All right, so... Um, I just want to say welcome, and uh, we, have, we have a lot to chat through today, and so uh, we got a packed house, and so I want to do this. Thank you for uh, listening last week and go, man, I want to make sure I'm here today, and then the second thing is this. Would you do me a huge favor? We don't ever do this, but I want to do this because I know we have people that could not be here, uh, either because of jobs or they're, we hate them because they're in Florida or Texas right now, or or other people that are not here. So would you just by round of applause welcome anybody who's watching online with me right now with us? All right, here we go. The commission. So we're entering a new series called uh, Making Change, and this is the first part. And I told everybody here, we got some big news. Um, The commission. And uh, if you're familiar with the commission, there's something called the Great Commission that Jesus talks about in the Bible. And I just want to read what he uh, says to the disciples. And he says this in Matthew, he, uh, chapter 28, if you have your Bible, otherwise we'll have it on screen, verses 19 and 20. Therefore, go and what? Make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to do what? To obey everything I've commanded you, and surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. In other words, Jesus saying, hey, even when I'm, out of here, guys, I'm still with you. No matter what happens, I'm still with you. I'm going to be there. And one of the things I love about this scripture right here is it's called the co-mission. I don't know if you ever caught this before, but this wasn't Jesus's mission. This was his co-mission. Well, what's a co-mission? Co-mission or commission really means it takes more than one. It takes a team. It takes, it takes a bunch of people doing something for God that we can't do on our own, right? That's what a co-mission is or commission. And so he commissions the disciples to go and do stuff that they haven't even done yet. In fact, Jesus said to them, you know, early on in their age, man, do you not even have any faith? You guys can't even heal people. And, and he was just getting in their face a lot. Well, when we started the church 11 and, uh, 11 and a half years ago now, uh, before that time, we were youth pastors down in Eden Prairie. And I remember going to Lake Geneva Christian Center. And if you haven't been to Lake Geneva Christian Center, it's the most phenomenal youth camp in all, like all in the nation, in my opinion. And we get up there, and uh, at that time, we didn't know what God was calling us into. And so we prayed, and I remember going, and, and uh, that night, I, I took a, uh, don't ever do this, by the way, I took a Monster Energy drink before bed. Bad, bad news. And so I downed it, and that evening, I woke up at about four in the morning. I could not fall back to sleep. I was just, I was just wired, shocker. And so I go down to the lake, and I'm sitting lakeside, and I'm just praying. And I feel that God is speaking to us to go and start a church. And I'm going, God, you got the wrong dude. I'm not, I'm not a church planter. I, I, like, let me take something and help it, and that's fine. But, you know, I've got kids and all this. I like my comfort zone. And, and you know, don't mess with my comfort zone, God. Don't ever tell him that. And uh, all of a sudden, I felt like this is really something God had laid on our heart. And so there was a person there, uh, might not mean anything to you, but his name was Mark Dean, and he was the district youth director for the entire Assemblies of God in Minnesota. And so I went to Mark, and one of the things I always believe is we can use God's name in vain a lot today if we just say, well, God told me, but we don't have that followed through with the Bible or with other leaders. And so I submitted myself to his leadership, and I just went to Mark. We were sitting on the, you know, on the corner of... Uh, uh, the, you know, basically kind of an amphitheater seating down to the beach at Lake Geneva. And he was just sitting in the grass. And I just sat next to Mark. And I said, Mark, I just got to ask you something. I feel like God is calling me and my wife, uh, you know, into this commission and, and commissioning us to go and start a church. And, and honestly, I expected Mark to say to me, no, you're too young. You're too this. You can't do that. And uh, that's not what Mark said at all. Mark said to, to me, he goes, I think that's spot on. I think you need to do that. And uh, 
There's a lot more behind that story of what had happened, but God really commissioned us to go and to do what has been what we've seen in the last 11 and a half years, which has just been crazy awesome. Second is this. There's the commission, but then there's the call. Everyone say the call. You have a call on your life. Okay, every single one of you in here. Well, you don't know me, Pastor Chris. I'm, I'm not that cool. I, I got this or I got that or I don't know the Bible. I don't care. God has a call on your life. Okay, he's got a purpose for you to follow through, to live out. I don't know where you're at in that, but I want you to realize that your call is so pertinent to that commission because God wants to utilize your gift, okay? Wherever that's at. Well, Genesis chapter 12, the Lord called uh, right here, Abram. He didn't even call him Abraham yet. He said, the Lord said to Abram, go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. So I have my energy drink. God speaks about planting the church, and I call my wife. And this was a mistake, by the way. I call Heather up, and I said, hey, I got to talk to you. I said, I feel like we're called to plant the church. And she's like, uh, not today. <laughs> no. And uh, if you know us, my wife is not really, uh, fair enough, a risk taker, can I say? She likes her comfort zone and her cruise ships and, you know, her, you know, chocolate, all that. that that's her. And... Uh, I just really felt like that's what we were called to do. But we didn't know where. We didn't know how, anything. And uh, a friend of mine at the time who was one of the executive pastors at our parent church, which was Emmanuel Christian Center, said, hey, can we do lunch? Or can we do coffee? And so we met and uh, we did coffee together, a little caribou. And, and I said, I feel like we're supposed to do this, but I want to make sure my wife's on board. And he goes, hey, have you considered going to St. Francis? And dude, Okay, we're from here. My wife and our high school is sweethearts. We met in the high school. We graduated from here. We had our last year. We thought at that time there used to be an Assembly of God church in town called Lighthouse. If you've been around the town long enough, you remember that. We didn't know that closed. We had no idea. And so we never once thought, hey, we're called to go to St. Francis and start a church. And so what was really cool is after this friend of mine shared this with me, I called Heather and I said, hey, honey, I got to talk to you. And I said, I, I know you were saying not yet, but can I, just, can I just ask you if we, remember we lived in Eden Prairie at the time, and I said, if we felt called to go back to St. Francis and plant the church there, what do you think of that? And she basically said, it's go time. I'm ready. I'm ready. And so we went 11 and a half years ago. We had our first meeting in, uh, uh, she's now in, uh, she has her coffee shop in Oak Grove, but uh, um, I can't remember the name of her coffee shop. Like, Break Street Coffee. She had her first building in town here. That was our first meeting 11 and a half years ago. So we had the commission, the call. Then there's what I call the confession. That's why you plant the church, right? For people to confess who Christ is. That's what it's about. It's not about growing your church. It's not about, you know, how many people can we get? How big of the worship team can we get? How, no, it's not. We don't care about that. What we care about is people saying yes to a relationship with Jesus Christ. Amen? That's what it's about. And so we have this thing called the confession. And I don't know where you're at in here today, but my prayer is that before you leave today, you confess with your mouth, mouth that Christ is Savior. It's the only way we receive eternal life. And so we have shared that every single Sunday since the beginning. Confession, Romans chapter 10, verse 9, says, If you confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You know, somebody once told me, you know, the difference between hell and heaven 18 inches. If you think it up here, but don't believe it down here, it doesn't matter. Well, I recited the prayer. I recited the prayer. Yeah, but God wants your heart. He wants you, all of you. That's what we're learning. Guys, we've got, just save up at the, I'm going to share a few things. And then at the end, we're going to praise God and give him some applause because I know you're going to want to. So just, just like, wait a minute. We've been here 11 and a half years. We have given between 250 and $300,000 into missions since our, our church, Church in the Cornfield. Come on, man. All right. And here's the deal. We've planted two churches. Okay. We have given each of those churches $30,000. We planted one in Chicago in an urban environment, which is much different than our environment. We planted one in Forest Lake just last year. They're killing it, guys. They're seeing people come to Christ all the time. They had standing room only on their Christmas Eve service. That's incredible. We get to coach with two different organizations, and we invest into them. In just the last two years, with the Assemblies of God, they have a thing called Church Multiplication Network that I get to coach, and you guys actually send us, and we get to go and speak into other pastors. We have actually been able to invest into, in the last two years, over 400 churches that have planted, okay? Just in the last two years, 
We've invested total so far in over a thousand church plants nationwide. All right. We've had baptism, baptisms every summer. I don't have the exact numbers. We've had people that have come from a background where they didn't know who the Holy Spirit was, and they said, I want to have the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I want to know what that is. We have seen, you ready for this? We have seen our youth ministry on Wednesday nights grow over 500% in the last five years. Can we give God some praise for all that? And I can tell you this, Derek and Meg, they don't care about the growth. What they care about is the heart of the youth ministry. They care about the one. They go after the one. I've seen that with my kids. I've seen that with your kids. All right, so we've got the commission, the call, the confession, and then we've got everything's going great, and then you have challenges, right? Anybody have challenges in your life? No, just a few of you. I've never had any challenges. Everything's always just peachy, just rosy. You ever ask somebody how they're doing, and like you can just tell they're lying? They're like, I'm fine. I have, I have a secret question that I ask after that. I'm just like, how are you really doing? Like, like, how are you really doing? And, and then you'll either get into their heart or, or not, and that's up to them. We've had some crazy challenges in the last 11 and a half years, some crazy challenges. Philippians 4.13, most out-of-context scripture used in all the church world today, and it's this, I can do all things through him who gives me strength. This is not like, man, if I pray really strong, I'm going to walk out today and somebody's going to give me a DeLorean. That's not how that works, Okay. This is not, oh, if, if I just believe it, it's going to happen. If, if I literally say, I'm going to pray that that forest moves, God's going to move that forest. That's not what this verse means. Paul wrote this while he was feeling down, while he's going, I feel like I'm going to die and be killed for my faith. And he's going, God, I know I can do this. I can do it in you. I can do all things in you who gives me the strength to get through this. This is not like a name it, claim it kind of theology here. This was a, I'm holding on desperate for anything that you have, God tell you what, a year and a half into our ministry, planting the church, we thought we had to close our doors. We had, and some of you are around for this, we have 40 people leave our church in 40 days. And I thought, man, I killed the church. I don't know what we did. Well, I know what we did. We, we at that time said, hey, we're an Assembly of God church, and we became what's known as a general council church, which really just means we can send somebody to vote uh, at their big denominational thing during the year. And somebody said, well, you believe in the gifts of the Spirit? Yeah. And they left, and some people, it just, it just kind of was a really strange thing. But here's what I realized. Heather and I um, have had the, the privilege of building a house before, and I don't know if you've ever built a house or a cabin or something, but when you build a house, you have all this, like, excavation stuff up. You have all these things, all these tools ready to use to get your house ready to go. And what I realized is when you start a church, what happens is a lot of times you want those materials to still stay there, but really, that person's call is to help. That person's call is to help get something going. Not to, they're not meant to be a two-by-four or a structure part of that church. That's where you have all come in and said, man, we're part of this. We get to be a part of this. Now, that's not saying what they did was wrong or what you did is wrong or anything, but it's saying we all serve a different purpose and a different role in the life of a church. And so it was really cool to, to just see that and to have freedom realizing you know what? A lot of those 40, now I watch them go help other churches get going because that, that was their mindset. That was their heart. But it was really tough. And I remember taking our team. We brought them upstairs. We didn't have a building yet. And we just said, we just need to pray. I said, if there's, if there's anything we can do or we need to get out of the way, Lord, you got to show up and, and, and show off. You know, one of the other things and uh, the hardest thing was trying to find the right associate pastor. We had looked for a long time. Uh, we had made a hire. It didn't work out. We were on the same page, and uh, some of you were here during that time. And then we started praying and praying and praying that God would send us the right person. We're trying to find the right fit for our youth ministry and to take stuff off of my plate so I could cast vision, lead our team, and, and communicate. And uh, uh, we, we ended up interviewing so many people. We had a team. Some of you are part of that team. You remember that. And I remember, you know, uh, interviewing some people from uh, Eagle Brook Church, we, we interviewed a couple other people from some very large churches in the area, and none of it felt right. It didn't feel like us. And, uh, you know, some of you know the story. We had a connection at North Central University, and one of my friends who, who helped me uh, publish a book was actually Derek's professor, and he said, hey, have you talked to, uh, you know, Derek? And uh, I said, no, I don't even know who that is, and he hooked us up, and the rest is history. Uh, the whole team was unanimous. Yeah, we want Derek to you know, to come in. And so we interviewed him and his wife and, and we said, man, we want to offer you this position. And 
don't know about you guys, but I love that man, and he has killed it in the last five years. So, If you can lead a youth ministry through a worldwide pandemic, you can do anything. Seriously, um, you know, that's not what he signed up for. And uh, what you didn't see with that man is the behind the scenes during that time. You saw him leading, you know, your teenagers. But I want you to know when he came in here and I said, do you have any questions for me? And one of the first questions, I don't know if you remember this, but Derek said, what do you need from me? And I said, you want my honest truth or like a pastoral answer? It's like, no, real. And I said, I just need a friend. Ministry's lonely. I need a friend. I need somebody to do this with. I said, I need somebody to go hang out with. I need somebody to dork out with. I need somebody like, we can, we can fart in a car and laugh about it. That's what I need, okay? <laughs> I'm not looking for big theological discussions and dissertations. I just want somebody I can just be me with. And he's like, I can do that, you know? He can outfart me. It's awesome, so. <laughs> but he's a... He's become a really good friend. He's become a phenomenal pastor. He's become a developer of people and can get things done and, and done well. You know, one of the things you didn't see is uh, we didn't realize how big of an online presence we were going to need during COVID. And if you were here during COVID, you remember right behind my wife, we used to have just a little stick and then we put an iPhone on it. That was it. And uh, that was no longer working. That was no longer, you know, cutting. And we've had, we can only get so much Wi-Fi here. And, and I know Derek was pulling out his hair. I don't know if he ever cursed in front of me, but it was, it was just intense. It was a time of like just frustration. And then, and then we'd have, you know, some people from the church would be like, I can't hear it today. And we're like, we can't either. Like we're trying to figure it out. And, and we didn't go to school for broadcasting. And here we are trying to figure out how to do this. And we're asking people and okay. For those of you that are tech nerds, can I just, can I just a little public service announcement? When you share with us all these words, And, and you want us to follow along what you're saying? We don't. So, like, just, like, dumb it down for us because that's camera. Well, that's the LG 500, you know, double-stitch bottom thingamajigger. I, I don't know what that is. Just like, like, and so we're trying to figure it out, and some people are telling us to use this software and all that. What you didn't see was Derek behind the scenes was doing all of this. In fact, he came up to me, and Derek had this whole plan together. He's a planner. And he, and he brought to me this plan. You remember this? And I'm sitting in the office. And he brings me this huge plan, and he goes, all right, Chris, I need you to look at it and see what you think. And I go, Derek, I'm not looking at that. I said, I trust you. Make a call. Here's the budget. He's like, okay. And he did, and he's done a great job with it because I'm going, I don't want to talk to one more tech person. We're trying to figure this out. You know, CenturyLink, we, we, we had to up our stuff with them as much as we could. We don't have a lot of options out in the sticks. And so uh, just kudos. You never saw all of that. We, we like, cleared everything when we were closed down, and Derek had a, a table here. We were, we were trying to do the best we could, but again, thank you for keeping the church up and alive during that time. All right. Yeah, come on. Give it up for him. Got the commission. We've got the call. We've got the confession. We've got the challenges. Now we have the change. And Heather, can I grab that water from you? Thank you. The change. <clears throat> Anybody here like change? A few of you. You weirdos. All right. Um, I do on occasion. I do on occasion. And uh, let me share with you this verse here. And this is Paul writing this in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 6 through 9. This Paul, Paul's writing this. He, so it's first person. He says, I planted the seed. Apollos watered it. But God has been making it grow. We don't make it grow. He does, right? Verse 7, so neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but only God who makes things grow. Verse 8, the one who plants and the one who waters have one purpose, and they will each be rewarded according to their own labor. For we are co-workers in God's service. You are God's field, God's building. As we've prayed, as Heather and I have prayed, as we have prayed with our elder team, as we have prayed with, with many different people, God is calling Heather and me to something different and is asking us to free ourselves to be prepared at the same time he is preparing the church for a new season. I have made the decision 
to step out of the role of lead pastor. Now, before I get further, because a friend of mine this week, Tim Olson, I hate you, told me I'm not going to make it through, so I just am going to wear these. So, can't even hold it, I'm shaking. So let me just unpack this. And I want you to realize this is big news, obviously, but there's some really cool things behind this. First is this. Why? Why, Pastor Chris? We believe God's moving us into a new season. And we know and we've seen that when God moves, and when we obey, we, we've seen that God moves no matter what. And we want to obey him. We've never, ever wanted to stand in the way of what God wants to do here at the bridge. Never. I know some of you are going to have questions, and that's okay. I want to answer them. Some of you are, um, might not, you might be just like, cool, whatever, all right, that, that's it, all right, cool, I can go home. And then some of you are conspiracy theorists like me, and you're going, well, what's really going on? Like, what's the, what's the drama? And I uh, hate to break it to you, I don't have any for you. Um, one of the new seasons God's moving us into is really making sure our relationship with him comes first. You know, I was telling our, our lead team this morning as we met with them, that one of the things uh, I can count in the 22 years of ministry that we've done together is how many times Heather and I have walked into a church and just sat and just received together. And for a time, I think that's, that's important to do and uh, want that. And so we want to make sure, for me, that my relationship with Christ comes first, before my family, even, and before you. And so I want to give him room uh, so that we can hear what he's calling us into next. You know, well, Pastor Chris, what are you doing? We, we don't quite know yet. How's this all going to work? Let me unpack this. Um, we had a discussion with our elder board about bringing on someone who will lead well and is suited to take the church to the next level. And uh, somebody that I can trust, somebody that you trust, don't get ahead of me. Because we believe, and when we planted the church 11 and a half years ago, the bridge church cannot fail. Okay? It's too important, too important. This commission that God has called this church on is too important. It's beyond me, it's beyond Heather, it's beyond you. And we've seen the impact already in this community. Amen? Amen? Um, but we were talking as another board, who's somebody that, that we believe in? Somebody I know is adaptable? Somebody I know can grow? Who's not afraid to lead, to have the tough conversations? Who can be a multi-generational church leader, continuing to bridge, bridge the gap between youth and adults? Someone who has people who literally drive out of their way when they know he's speaking on a Sunday morning, which is awesome. Someone who took a youth ministry of five to 10 kids and now disciples leaders in that youth ministry that has seen the ministry grow to over 500%. Someone who, um, who, is, who has a serious call in their life to lead in the ministry role, Derek Mum. First conversation you and I ever had was at Fleet Farm. Well, I was in the parking lot. We were on the phone conversation, and that was five years ago now, and I never thought we'd be having this conversation today. And so God knows, and we're, we're letting God take it, and it's a good, good transition. We've been trying to read up on books, and how do you transition well? How does this look? And there's, like, nothing out there, because either the pastor, like, you know, sleeps with somebody and has to be fired, or and I sleep with my wife a lot. But other than that, no, no one else. Hey, we have five kids, not because I love kids but because I love my wife, all right? It's truth. I love my kids too, don't get me wrong. But we want to have a, we want to have a smooth transition. And I'm reminded of King David, and King David, he was overlooked by everybody. You know, they, they go to his house, and here they are in, in his house, and that's, you know, David's dad, and dad, dad says, hey, here's all his brothers, here's, here's everybody. And uh, prophet Samuel goes, are you sure this is everybody? Oh, yeah. Well, there's, there's that kid out in the field. You know, he's just tending sheep. He's just being faithful. And uh, obviously Samuel realized that's the anointed one. And, and David was extremely young at the time. In fact, two weeks ago, I had the privilege to sit uh, next to multiple, it was 30 different church plants getting ready to plant this year in, in America. Most of them, were between the ages of 22 and 30. 
And I'm looking at that going, Derek, you might be too old for this. I don't know, man. But I refuse to overlook one of the greatest leaders I know. I refuse to do that. Um, Now, when I first asked Derek about it, Derek said, not a chance, buddy. But I'm going to let him in the next few weeks share that story with you. I won't steal his thunder. We want to have a smooth transition. And so what we've chosen is two months. And so I'm going to unpack this. Uh, So there's a lot of details. I don't have like a lot of motivational things here for you this morning, but I just want to have a lot lot of details. In the next two months, I'll still be here. Derek and I are going to preach about every other week or so around there. And so we can all prepare our hearts, every single one of us, so that um, on Palm Sunday, which is April 10th, Sunday, April 10th, will be Heather's and mine last day. And on that day, we will install Derek as the new lead pastor of the Bridge Church. We'll pray over him and Meg. We want that two months of time for you to ask anything you want. Okay? Sky's the limit. We have always been an authentic church and vulnerable. That's not going to change. And so if you're like, well, Pastor Chris, what about this? What? Ask away. Okay? We want um, to figure out how you can best support the church during this time and best support Derek. I'll be around. I'll, I'll see you at games still. You know, we're, my kids are heavily involved in the school district here. My wife teaches in the school district. I'll be in town. Please don't be like, oh, should I, should I say hi to Chris? Should I not say hi? Like, come have a conversation for crying out loud. Like, say hi. We don't want it to be weird. We want it to be a really good transition. And uh, the new preacher will start leading his church April 17th, which will be Easter of this year. What? Hold on. I need like one of these, I think, right now. Doing okay. There we go. All right. That's better. I still want to cry. I'm going to lose it, Tim, and I'm going to blame you. I asked my good friend Tim Olson to be here as a big support to me today. So what's your role in this transition? What does it look like for you? And I need you to hear this today. If, if in the last 11 and a half years, if I've ever said anything that God has spoken to you about, and some of you say, oh man, you're following me around. It's exactly what I needed to hear. I believe this right now is what you need to hear. It might not be what you want to hear. And so I'm asking that the Holy Spirit open your hearts to receive today. What's your role in the transition? First is this, to pray. I know it's so simple, but to pray, pray that God keeps your heart the right way. Pray that God keeps Heather and Chris's heart. Pray for us in our transition. Pray for Derek and Meg in their transition. It's really to pray and go, God, I want you in the midst of this. What does this look like? How do we, how do we follow you during this? Not to, this is not a time to um, complain or, or be offended or anything. Because if you come up to me in the county market and you have something that, that's offended you, or I'm just going to walk away. I'm going to pray for you, but I'm here to support Derek with my life. And so if you have any negativity towards me or him, I don't think that's what God wants. I think God wants us to be a positive moving force because we have a commission together that's bigger than you or me. Are you with me? Second, look up and follow Derek. Look up to and follow Derek. I do. My family has. He shared with me as we've gone through multiple times, uh, months and months of training of leadership training, of pastoral training, different things that he's been with me on. He has shared with me the dreams he has for you, for the church, the passion he has. Uh, his communication and preaching is off the charts, guys, okay? I'm, I'm telling you this. If you don't accept him as lead pastor, there's going to be another church that comes by, and I don't want to miss out on what God wants to do in and through Derek and Meg in this community. Amen? Amen? He also has this ability to lead people And the powerful thing you have to do as a leader is you first have to be a servant. And he is. He's willing to do anything. And I can tell you that from broadcasting to anything. But what happens as a leader, you're bringing into people in something they've never walked through before like this. And what Derek has said with me is he wants to love you along that way. That's a great leader. Third, serve, steward, and support. Support them with your life. Okay? Well, how, how do I do that? How do I do that? I, I'm glad you asked. Number one, you offer them free childcare as much as you can. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Pa- don't charge them. No. If you know what goes on behind the scenes of a pastor, okay, they should be charging you to watch their kids. Or, or you know, you, sh- you should have to pay them. In fact, give them a free date night when you watch their kids. If you see that they need something, 
well, I got to just pray about it because I, gotta, I, I really feel like they need, you know, um, some stuff to Von Hansen meets. I believe that, you know, they need a $100 gift card for meat. That's not something you have to pray about. You just do that, okay? You support them however you can. And then at the same time, you give them space. And this is what I mean by this. Their kids are growing up, and their kids are probably going to eventually play sports. If, if Derek has his way with Ellis, Ellis will probably play for the Wild someday. Okay, he's a huge hockey fan. But in the meantime, if they're playing hockey and you see him at a hockey game, say hi, but then let him be a dad because he's a husband and a dad before he's a pastor. And you give him that space. The captain needs you more than ever. And you signed up to be part of a church. We're not a cruise ship. My wife loves cruise ships, but we're not. We're a battleship. And so don't leave your post. Okay? It doesn't take captain. It takes everybody. Neither one of us. We're, no one's above anybody here. A good captain displays his character before ever displaying charisma. Derek has done both in the correct way, in the correct manner. I've seen both. Yes, he's a man of character behind scenes, but he's also a man of charisma. And you can see that played out. You can see his heart, and man, he just empties himself all the time on our families. You're already here, some of the most generous people. I know there's no way that a church our size should be able to have two full-time pastors. There's no way. But I challenge you right now, now is not the time to be like, oh, I need to back away from my, my stewardship. No, it's time to up it and ask God what he would have you to do. There's no pressure from us, but continue to ask him. What's our role in this? What's the Vincent's role? What, what are we doing? Heather and I will not be attending after Palm Sunday, April 10th. That's not fair to Derek. That'd be just weird and awkward. And so um, we're going to let him take the lead, and we know he's going to do a great job. He's already been leading our Sunday morning team. You ready for this? For the last three years. Okay? He's done a phenomenal job with our team leaders. Our kids, you know, I don't know about you, but I love when I'm up here and I see two of my kids on the team. I enjoy that. Isaac is a drumming machine. And justice is, you know, getting, getting figured out on the keyboard. And I love when my kids get to be a part of a team. My, my son Levi right now is doing all the slides for me back there. That's up to them. Our kids are uh, more than welcome to continue to serve. They love you. They love the ministry. Um, but they're not forced to. And so if we end up going somewhere for a while, we want them to be able to go with us and all of that. Uh, we want to give them the opportunity to go where they can make their faith their own as they grow in Christ. That's what we want. And I just want to say this. We're not the typical church here. And so a lot of people say, oh, you have pastor kids. That's really hard because, man, your church must put a lot of pressure on them. Can I, I just literally from the bottom of my heart, I want to say thank you because we have never, I don't think ever in 11 and a half, don't, my wife's crying. I can't even look at you right now. Here, will you, thank you. We have never felt pressure from you that are, that's horrible. <laughs> that's, just, no, leave it up, please. It's good. It's good. God, it's so bad. I don't know if I'm like turned on or appalled. I can't tell. <laughs> We've never felt pressure from you. And I just seriously, you have no idea what a big deal that is. And I just want to say thank you because our kids have been able to just be them goof off at the youth ministry, help on the teams that they've wanted to, and, and all of that. And you're part of the reason that some of them said, yeah, I still want to come and I still want to serve. Now, there might be other questions that I'm not going to be able to answer in a half an hour message. And so let me just address maybe three other ones that you're thinking. And I've uh, been praying about, if I was in your shoes, what would I want the pastor to say and, and cover? Uh, first one is this, again, I come off as a skeptic. And so my first question would be, okay, what really happened, Chris? Um, that, that would be my first one. And all I can say this is save the drama for your mama because there's just not any you're going to find. I don't have like some big drama story for you. I, I guess I could, I could say again, I slept with the current lead pastor's wife a lot. And so that, that's it. Man, I've been talking about you a lot. I must be ovulating. Anyway, I, uh, That's the other thing. I don't have to have a filter now in the next, like, you know, a few weeks. I don't think anyone heard that. Don't say that any louder, Josh. Josh just said, when have you had a filter? That's fair. All right. 
I'm trying to read this next point. That's really hard. Um, I'm kind of sticking to my notes today. You know, I, I, I planted this church with obviously Heather's help and so many people to really save people. You know, eternal life is at stake. And I believe firmly that planting this church saved my life in a way I didn't even realize possible. It's grown me in my depths and relationship with Jesus in a way I didn't, I didn't realize. Sometimes in the Bible, there's things that uh, don't make any sense. You know, Jericho, if you're familiar with the story of Jericho, God tells Joshua to march around the city seven times in seven days and then seven more times on the seventh day and blow the trumpet at the end and the wall is going to come crumbling down. I've, I've always been a skeptic my whole life. That's why, I, you know, I, I, I'm okay with asking the questions. And I think if I was in Joshua's shoes the first day, I'd be like, what? That's what God wants? That, that, let's just go in and, like, destroy the walls. Let's get a battering ram and just make it fall down. We've got to march around seven days. Why, why? This doesn't make any sense. And yet we see God's faithfulness in it. You know, look at David and Goliath. Here's Goliath. You know, he's huge, almost 10 feet tall. And David, you know, shrimpy, scrimpy little David, he's got his sling and a stone, and that's it. And he annihilates Goliath, you know, straight to the temple. I mean, just boom. Now look at that shouldn't have been. And how many how many times do you read or watch sports today? I don't know if you realize this. You don't realize how many biblical examples are in what we hear and read about in the news today? How many times have you heard about, well, it's a David versus Goliath situation today? God's used that story so many times. And I think one of my favorite stories, it just still makes no sense to me, but it's probably my favorite story, and it's the shortest story in the Bible, is it's in Genesis, a man named Enoch. If you know anything about Enoch, it says, this is all it says. It says, Enoch walked with God and was no more. That's all it says. He never died. He just went with God. I don't, I don't know why. We don't, we don't know really nothing about him. And I can't wait to ask him someday. But eventually, we see what God's up to. We don't always realize it at the time. He's just always ahead of us, as he should be. So we have to realize today what I'm sharing, I think, I think you're already with me, but this is good news, guys. This is really good news for, for everybody, for the church. And I'm excited to see what happens to the Bridge Church in the next few years. Second question is this. Pastor Chris, what are you going to do? Are you going to pastor still or plant another church? To be very honest, I don't know. And, and here's what's crazy. I look back at some of my notes, and I say before, before you ever go from something, know what you're going to. And I realize... I don't know what we're going to right now. Um, we've been praying about that. Right now, my, literally my goal is just to sit at Jesus' feet, just to pray, um, to fast, to spend time with Christ, and just to go, God, what, what is it? I just want to receive for a while. And so we, just so you know, we have an agreement with the board, with Derek, that if, if I do pastor, it's not going to be anywhere near here because that would not be fair or anything like that. But as of right now, um, we, we have no idea what that looks like, and we're, we're constantly praying. Third, uh, probably another one that you're thinking is, well, is Derek still going to lead the youth? How's he going to lead the church and the youth at the same time? The simple answer for right now, and he can share more about this a little bit later, simple answer is yes, but as he continues to develop the youth team, that will take some pressure off. And I know he's already been doing um, actually some interviewing for other leaders and other people. And so um, he'll unpack that more as, as we go forward. We talked about the commission, the call, confession, the challenges, and then, and then this was the change. And then there's other questions you have. And so I want to just tell you this. I'm, I'm going to finish with one more C I have. But then after, we're going to put a countdown video on. And uh, um, what we want to do is we want to be vulnerable with you as possible. If you're good to go, you can go. But if you would like to, um, Derek, Meg, myself, and Heather are going to stay after for about a half an hour or so. We want to answer any question you have. So we're going to do a Q&A. And so there will be a, uh, and we're going to have leave that on Facebook Live. We're going to keep that going because uh, we want to make sure, we don't want to give the enemy room for anything. And so we want to be in the light just as he's in the light, okay? And so uh, any questions you have, please stay after and ask because you might be asking something somebody else is. And we're going to do it in a way where um, we're going to write those questions down and you're going to hand them to us and then uh, they'll be asked to us. So, so it's all anonymous, so nobody will know it's your question. Let me end with this, the Christ. 
confession, the commission, the call, the challenges, the change, none of that matters without Christ at the center of it all. You know, it's a verse that's so overused. We see it, sometimes I see it more as fashion than I do as faith nowadays, but it's the John 3.16. Come on, if you know what we say with me, for God so loved the world, he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes will not perish, but have everlasting life. Some of you are saying a different version than me. It's all good. That's what it's about. In the middle of the change, in the middle of the challenges, in the middle of the commission, you have a constant. And so be open to change, but be faithful to what is constant. Christ is constant. Now, I love what Andy Stanley uh, said. He said, you know what? The message of Christ will never change, but the methods of how we reach people will. And be okay with that. But yet, Christ at the center is what it's all about. So I just want to ask you this. I'm going to pray for you. Because if you've never said yes to a relationship with Jesus, that's the only ticket you get to receive to get eternal life. That's it. There's no other way. It's not about what you do or what you haven't done or how good you are or how bad you are. Did you do communion? Did you not do communion? Were you confirmed? Were you not confirmed? Were you baptized? Were you not baptized? None of that matters unless you say yes to him. And so I just want to pray with you right now. And uh, just, you can, you can keep your eyes open, you can close them, whatever you'd like, but I just want to pray for you. And if right now you know it's time to confess Christ, would you just tell him that you believe in him? Would you say it and then believe it with your heart? Lord, I know right now that nothing we do matters without you. Lord, you have a call on this church's life. You have a call on Derek's life. But the only reason we have that call is because of you, the Christ. The Christ in us is bigger than any giant in front of us. And so, Lord, right now today, I ask if there's anyone in this room or anyone that's listening online that has not yet made a commitment to follow you, would do so right now by confessing that they believe in you with their heart. May they just say this prayer. Jesus, I believe in you. Forgive me of my sins. Forgive me of my past as I live for you this day forward. Lord, I know there'll be challenges. I know there's gonna be changes. But God, I give you my life. I surrender to you today. Accept me as I am, God. And Father, I pray right now for the transition, for the change, for the things that you're doing in my life, in my wife's life, in my kid's life, in Derek and Meg's life, in their family's life, in the church's life. God, I pray right now more than ever we would follow you. I pray that every person in this church, Lord, stays, takes their post and prays and lifts up and follows Derek as he leads this church into something new and something awesome. Lord, with the foundation already there, and that foundation is you. So God, prepare our hearts for that. God, we give you this day. <coughs> we give you this time together. And we pray that in all things, you're honored. We love you, Jesus. So here's how this going to work. I'm going to dismiss you in just a moment. You're welcome to stay. We're in Taos on a countdown video. You're welcome to come back and ask anything you want. Um, and then Derek and I are tag team preaching until April 10th. We're hanging around, not going anywhere. So if you're like, man, what? call me, text me, talk to whatever. If you want to do lunch, you want, whatever. On April 10th, we're going to have a little going away party, and we're going to install Derek as the new pastor. We're going to install him and his wife that day. And uh, it's going to be good. It's going to be real good. So can we just do this before I dismiss you and we'll toss on that countdown? We're really good at this, but I want to ask you to stand to your feet first, and then we're going to do this. Because I know we, we gave Derek some props. You guys thanked me. Neither one of us matter compared to what he does. And so can we just give God our praise, our very best right now? Can we just lift him up? Come on. Hey, have a great week. Otherwise, we'll see you in five minutes in here. You can grab water or anything that you'd like. And uh, enjoy your family today watching football, everybody. My team's out, so Brady's gone. All right.
Hey, if you can, uh, if you can grab a seat, and if we can have somebody shut those doors back there, that'd be awesome. <clears throat> and uh, Bethany, will you come forward? If Bethany's in here somewhere. Oh. Um, here's what. Uh, go ahead and, and grab a seat, and if you guys don't mind, just keep come forward a little bit, and uh, Bethany is going to. Hand, uh, yeah, so Bethany has cards and pens, so um, if you have any questions, just, just if you want to just hand a couple down each row, Bethany, just hand a couple down each row, would be great. <clears throat> yeah, James is on sound. James, could we get both these mics, the yellow and the wired? Bethany needs one of those. She needs, okay. Thank you. Hey, if you're online still watching, will you just, if you have questions too, uh, go ahead and post them there and we'll see them as well. Oh, okay. We have my number to text. Do you have my, okay, you got it here. Perfect. All right. Um, so here's what, just take a few minutes. If you have questions, anything that you, because we just, we just don't want it to be like piped out and we want to make sure we ask them through the mic so people online can hear them as well. And so uh, go ahead and just take like a minute, um, think through it. Once you have some of them written, you can write as many as you want on each card. Go ahead and Bethany, we wave, hand them over here to Bethany and then we will um, answer any, anything that you'd like, like to know. Sky's the limit. And uh and if we don't have any questions, we'll just pray and go. So we're, we're good. We just wanted to make sure we gave opportunity. Let's see if there's any here. No, I took my, here, you can have that one back. Awkward silence. We'll give, we'll give it just a minute more. It's okay. I said awkward silence. that loud there we go first question do i have to wear shoes like you that should be a good question 20 bucks amazon 20 bucks let's go let's go yeah i'm, get, I'm getting a, a unanimous no you do, do not need do you to guys wear know shoes. the story behind the bright shoes maybe i haven't shared that with with everybody so when we used to set up and tear down at the elementary school Look at that! Woo! Okay, hold on one second. I'll come back to the story. I agree. One second. Um, when we used to set up and tear down, I hate cold, wet feet. I hate them. And so uh, we were set up and tear down, and they were really, really soaking wet. And I had, like, sketchers, like, just, I don't know, dress shoes. And I uh, went to a store, and I said, do you have, like, a dress shoe that's waterproof? And they said, no, not really. I said, well, what's waterproof? And they said, tennis shoes. And the only tennis shoes they had in, at the store at that time were these bright orange Nikes. And so I'm like, all right. And uh, bought them, and then just never went back. I'm like, you know what? I just I enjoy it and my feet. And then finally, when we got the building, I was able to leave them here. So it's kind of like my Mr. Rogers shoes. I wear them the ones that look like crud, and then I can change into them. So that's where it came from. All right, do we have questions? Do we have? All right, go for it. Do we have, wait, do we have any here online first? Yeah, we're going to tell them first. Yeah. 
Okay, we're going to do online first, and then we'll go here. Yeah, so the first one is basically, just to sum it up, um, they asked, uh, from a youth perspective, uh, we have a mission trip planned this summer, and so are we going to be, am I going to still be attending that? And it's, it's more of a general broad question of, I know Chris mentioned it, but for the foreseeable future, my role in terms of youth ministry will not change. Uh, we're praying that through what that looks like, but we know that um, our connection to youth and quite frankly, my heart for youth is not something I'm really willing to give up willingly. And so uh, for the foreseeable future, anything youth related will not change in terms of Meg and I and our, and our connection to it. But to answer that question specifically, I will still be going on the trip. I'll still be doing youth events. That will not change for a bit. Did you want to add anything? You good? Okay. And if you're online, if, if you have other questions or follow-up, feel free and ask more to that as well. Do we have more online? Go for it. <clears throat> and if you have other ones, just go ahead and hand it to Bethany, please. Is this on? Will Derek be making a double salary being a youth pastor and the and the lead pastor. I think I think he I think he should. Ah. Um. So one of the things we looked at is you have what's called a national natural attrition budget ratio, and so what you have to do is you have to look at um, what your budget looks like and what that is, and so that's something that, that's really up to the elders. That's not up to me or Derek. And uh, um, but him coming into the lead pastor role, yes, we are giving him our significant raise, of course. It's a good question. Anything you want want to add to that? Yeah, we're gonna <clears throat> we're gonna start him around I don't know six hundred thousand a year or so. <laughs> Private jet. Did you did you hear what happened at Joel Osteen's church? Did you see that? Did anyone see that? At, I forget the name of his church, but Lakewood. Thank you. Um, so it was from like I don't know twenty years ago or something. They had missing money from their offering. They never found. And you, you have to look at this story. It's crazy. One of the plumbers went into the bathroom. They had a leaky pipe in there. Because it used to be a, um, you know, didn't it used to be an arena? Yeah. So they went in and they had to open up a pipe behind one of the toilets. And they found over $200,000 behind the toilet of the missing money from 20 years ago that somebody was trying to take away. It's crazy. So there's all these memes now on these lead pastor sites I'm a part of that's, that they say a pastor by day, plumber by night, and they're all driving to Lakewood. <laughs> yeah, we, one of the things, too, <clears throat> along the way is obviously we have two full-time salaries on staff, but we want to give Derek the ability to, um, you know, find that right person or the next person to come in. And so we don't want to... We want to under-promise and over-deliver like we always have with that. All right. Chris, why didn't you just take a sabbatical? I have taken a sabbatical. Um, I took a sabbatical about five and a half years ago. And uh, um, I think it's, for me, that's a great question, uh, but it's more than just a sabbatical. In fact, um, right now we're feeling good. We're feeling like uh, this is the right step. And even if a sabbatical, you know, even if I took a sabbatical coming back, um, we would still feel like Derek is the right call and the right person to be, uh, you know, invested here, or excuse me, not invested, installed as the lead pastor. And so, um, you know, had to take one before, but don't even feel like this is about our health at all, or like um, physical health or mental health which we all want, you know, better physical health and mental health, but it's more about, um, especially, and, and Derek will unpack this in the next few weeks, that God really spoke uh, to Derek and, and me at the same time. And so we didn't want to stand in the way of that. So a sabbatical would just put that off, put the inevitable off. And uh, um, a year and a half ago, you guys know, or most of you know, if, if not, I had surgery on that pilonidal cyst. So it's a miracle I can sit now. But... Um, during that time, uh, I had a lot of time just, I was laying around for a month and a half and a lot of time to pray. And so it almost seemed like a, a sabbatical in the meantime. So I hope that answers. If you had the sabbatical question, you got other questions with it, let me know if there's more to that. 
All right. Will the bridge have new elders? It's a great. These are great questions, by the way. Do we have any others online? Okay. What's that? Okay. Uh, the short answer is yes. Uh, that doesn't mean that our current elders are being kicked off or anything. We are evaluating uh, each current elder that is, you know, it, it, it's not so much just a, hey, everything Chris and Heather have done, like, is out. Uh, again, that's the beautiful part of where we're at is they're such a amazing foundation that has been built. And so we kind of get to come in and say, hey, do you want to stay on? You know, do you want to do that type of thing? And so the short answer is we will have some new ones, but it doesn't mean the old ones are gone. I know a lot of them are still coming back and that type of thing. And so, um, yeah, I, I don't want to overstep what I'm going to say in the next few weeks. Because, again, the, the cool part of how this is all laid out is Chris got to share his side of everything, and now in the next weeks I get to share mine, some of the things that God's put on my heart. Crazy story of how it all came to be for Meg and I, because as he said, it's funny you mentioned Jericho, because uh, this was our Jericho. <laughs> uh, you know, it's six times, no, uh, but yeah, seven times, so yeah. I. And I we have, right now, just so you know, the way that it works, and if you ever want good sleeping material, you can ask any of us, we'll email you the bylaws, they're just real fun to read through. Um, but we have, currently we have uh, five elders, because I, as the lead pastor, serve as the head elder, Derek would now. <coughs> so, so Derek will be installed as the pastor and head elder on April 10th. Um, elder and pastor, by the way, just FYI, it's the same word in the New Testament. And uh, uh, right now we have Lori Krause, and we love Lori. Uh, Lori has been a part of the church since we started. However, uh, Lori is a snowbird as well, and so she spends a lot of her time. That's why she's not here today. Dean was here, her husband, but she ha- they have a house down in Mesa, Arizona. Second, we have uh, Dick Wallstrom, who you probably haven't seen in a while. Dick is immune compromised, and so Dick's in his mid-70s, and so uh, he has not been around as much as he's wanted to be, but he's still an integral part in helping lead stuff behind the scenes. And then third, probably the one that will step off is a good friend of mine, Matthew Sandvig. Uh, he serves um, at another church uh, down in Roseville at Grace Church, and he has enough on his plate, but he's a good friend of mine. And so we actually brought him on more as a trustee and as an advisor. And then the fourth is Greg Peterson. And uh, I'm going to pick on Greg and Debbie. I know they're not here because they have basketball today, uh, big basketball family. But Greg and Debbie are literally here because of Derek and Meg, because their kids fell in love with the youth ministry, and they put up with me on Sundays. So um, they, they're an awesome couple, awesome family, big supporters of the ministry and, and really, uh, support Derek and Meg. So I would, I would assume Greg would stay. Um, Dick would probably stay. Lori would probably stay. Matt would probably go. Derek would come on. And then the way that it's in the bylaws, we don't do, uh, we don't do a vote per se for elders. They're appointed by the lead pastor, um, in our bylaws. And so that would be up to Derek later on and how that looks. But there is one thing that we vote on. This was in my message. I forgot to say this during the, the message. Um, so what do we do? Do we vote Derek in? How does that work? What is the congregation's role in that? Um, we actually, you do vote him in. But, and here's the big but, you vote him in two years from April 10th. So April 10th, 2024, you have to affirm him. You might say, two years? Why is that? Because that gives him two years and the church two years to walk through the transition to have the right elders on board, to have the right team on board, and to be able to affirm them in that amount of time. If you have questions as we go through and more come up, just hand a sheet over to Bethany as well. So, What are some ways that we, as the congregation, can help with the transition? Well, again, I'll go back to the message today, and then if you guys want to hit that too, um, I don't know if, do we have them back there still? No, Levi's gone. Pray. Seriously, seriously, I meant that. Like pray and then support and look up to Derek. That's the big part. Um, don't don't go anywhere. And then the third one, if, if you want to put them all up there, if you have them, James, uh, serve steward and then support. And this, this is really like, and, and I kind of alluded to this, the biggest thing you can do right now is keep, stay your post. Like, for example, James right now is leading sound, and you're killing it, man, so thank you. And, uh, you know, I'm going to pick on you for a minute. Can I pick on you for a minute? All right, so James, 
the biggest way, obviously, he can pray. Uh, but his biggest role right now, he's, he's really one of our big-time sound persons, sound people right now. So it would not do the church justice, and it would not do well if James was like, all right, transition, I'm out. So stay to your post. Like, be faithful where God has called you right now, because you're not here for me or for Derek. We're here for him. And so we want to keep Christ at, at the center. Yeah, and I can I converse with my better two-thirds here just to make sure that I was not speaking out of turn. But, uh, like, I feel like a lot of times prayer can almost feel like a caveat or like a given. Like, hey, just pray. But, like, would you join us in, like, legitimately praying? Praying for what God has for you here at the bridge? Uh, just because we believe that if God's speaking to us, he's going to be speaking to the people as well that are on this thing with us. It's not a matter of we download from God and then just download everybody else and hope everybody holds on to it. It's like if God is moving in a direction, he's going to move all of us collectively. And so, um, you know, if you could just join us in collectively praying, that would be seriously so huge. And just to echo what they're saying, um, I get it. You know, we're 27. Uh, we're coming. We have some huge shoes to fill. You guys planted an amazing church. You have put so much in this community. And I know you don't like the credit, but you're not going on my message next week. So, because I'm going to brag on you. But um, <coughs> all of that said, um, we firmly, 100% are convinced that God has us here. And God is stirring us and stirring fresh vision and fresh dreams into what He wants to do through this community and beyond. And so, uh, pray as my wife kind of said but the second thing is is give us a chance and that's what i would say is yeah. give us a chance uh just because we believe god's doing some cool things and it's going to require all of us like like the god honest truth right now is uh if james did walk out we're in a really big pickle you know i would love to see our church rally together so where it's like if god's moving other people out then he moves other people out because if james felt led to i know we're picking on james but we're not here just to hold everybody, like, hold us tight. You know, we want you to go where God wants you to go. But at the same time, we want to make sure that we're developing people and developing teams in such a way that when that happens, the church doesn't shrivel and die. And so, you know, we're just team development, getting everybody on board is going to be a huge, huge, huge thing coming up, especially in the transition. Because ideally, by the time we hit the 10th and eventually Easter, it's not like a, there's a, you know, I, I'm, I'm a huge I'm a huge track athlete. I love track. A seamless handoff in track is when the baton does not change speed. A seamless handoff in track means when you're handing off the baton, the runner who's taking it off matches that person's speed so that the baton does not change speed. And that's kind of what we're looking for in this transition is after April 10th, when April 17th comes around, there's not a huge major, you know, it's just a matter of, all right, we're going. And so that's gonna, that work's going to start happening now. The cool... Go ahead. I'll come back. Yeah. That's really good. I was just just uh, affirm that. You know, I would say um, there's there's a really good chance that when Derek starts leading on Easter, I don't know. He, we haven't even talked about how many services we'll have on Easter this year. I don't know if you know off the top of your head. Two. You know, we've usually had two services on Easter just because we we don't have room for one. Um, I wouldn't be surprised that sooner than later that there's going to either have to be a bigger building or two services as Derek takes the lead. And so you have your own challenges in that. So when that happens, realize that's really good. Those are growing pains. And so during that time, just as Heather was saying, when you have that other person on your post, not one of you can serve one service and attend one. Like, just prepare for the future because you're going to see some really cool things. We're, we've been praying so much and, and really want to do, um, we want to do this well. We want people to come and look at the Bridge Church and go, okay, that's how to transition. Like, that's our heart's desire is to see that. And uh, I, I'm really believing that that's going to be the case. And so, like, to your point, come 
uh, Palm Sunday and Easter with the baton handing off, our hope is that it will be seamless. You know, we, we've thought, we prayed about this. Derek and I spent a whole week together back in December of just intense, like, what's vision? What's mission? What's, you know, a leadership chart? What does this look like? How do you know if you're successful as a church? What does that look like? How much are you going to give to missionaries? Which missionaries are you going to continue to go to? What is this going to like? What do you want your service to look like? All of those things. And and so we we spent five days together going over everything, going, okay, what, you know, what is this? And because before we announced to you, we needed to make sure we were both in the right spots and make sure our hearts were in the right spot. Any, any other questions? That was easy. Wow. That was like too easy. Was, all right. Um, if you have more along the way, please just reach out. Just ask us. And, uh, you know, again, Heather and I are not, it's not just word candy. We support this couple with our lives. We, we uh, trust them with our family, trust them with our kids, and we trust them with the church we launched 11 and a half years ago. So, God, I just thank you for this time. I pray that everybody would just have a phenomenal time with their family today. I thank you, Lord, as you're leading, we're listening. And God, we know you're always speaking and help us just open our ears during that time. Father, I pray for the best transition. Even I pray you'd knock our socks off. We pray we'd see things uh, that we know is only because of you. So have your way in and through this and bless the rest of our day as we put you at the center of it. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, y'all, have a great day and uh, ask anything in the next couple months that you want to. This has been a podcast of The Bridge Church. Have a great week. Stop in Sunday sometime and visit. If you would like to give, you can do so online at sfbridge.org. Have a great week.